I stopped caring what everyone thought. And it wasn't about the transaction number. And then I started really thinking, gosh, not only is my definition of success changed, but this is an industry problem too, because not everyone wants to do a hundred deals a year, miss all their family activities, miss out on their lives, be stressed and be on their phone 24 seven. Not everyone wants that life. Welcome to the Seeds of Growth podcast. My name is Pumehana Palmer. I'm a mindset and growth coach to new real estate agents, small business owners, and high-achieving female entrepreneurs. I believe that true success happens from the inside out, and I'm on a mission to plant seeds of growth and transformation, one powerful conversation at a time. Each week, I'll bring you a solo episode, interview, or coaching experience with business owners just like you to help you shift your perspective, elevate your beliefs, and build a business that inspires you. Now let's dive into today's episode. Aloha, guys. Today on the show, we have Jennifer Jordan. Jennifer is a friend of mine and an entrepreneur who is simply passionate about life and real estate. She has been a realtor for over 20 years in Southern California and is an active real estate investor and also a certified success coach. Jennifer's love of business runs deep, allowing her to develop sustainable retail and manufacturing venues over the years, one of which landed her on the list of Entrepreneur Magazine's top 100 innovative companies. Her dynamic marketing strategies made way for her to consistently be a top producer selling over $20 million per year. Jennifer has done it all from being a solo agent to growing a team to having her own brokerage for years before joining eXp Realty. She's recently pivoted to concentrate more on real estate investing and coaching others to do the same. She specializes in helping realtors build a bold life that they love while creating a business with multiple streams of income. You guys, this was such an amazing conversation. I can't wait to share it with you, but we did. We covered everything from the importance of resiliency to you know, describing what that gut feeling feels like when it's time to to pivot or try something new. We top it off with talking more about investment strategy and also on par with the mindset, you know, level. We also speak to what fear and imposter syndrome looks like in a high achieving and top producing entrepreneur and real estate agent. So buckle up, you guys. If you take notes, take notes. But this is a really great conversation and let's dive into it. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Seeds of Growth. My name is Pumehana Palmer. I am your host and mindset and growth coach. Today, I am so excited to be finally hitting record on this conversation that I have with this amazing woman and friend, Jennifer Jordan. We were both in a coaching certification together. And fun fact, actually, Jennifer, I've never told you this. But you know, when I don't know if this has happened to you in school or in any other programs like online programs, there's certain people in little Zoom squares, there's certain people that just shine a little brighter and you're kind of gravitated to. And your square, I was like, I want to be her friend. (laughs) I said the same thing about you, which is so funny. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, again, welcome. 
please tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Well, my name again is Jennifer Jordan, and I live in sunny, beautiful uh, Southern California. I live in Carlsbad. We had amazing rain the last few months, which we never do. And so finally, everything's green again, and it's beautiful here. But I have been in the real estate industry for about 20 years. I got licensed in 2003, so that's exactly 20 years. But during that time, I've done a lot of different things. I've been an entrepreneur in in a lot of different industries from retail and manufacturing. And I just love this business. I, I think it's a fabulous business to be in if you can do it right and build correctly. And now I've gone into the investing side of real estate and I coach agents and other investors on you know how to scale in this business and have financial independence. That's so amazing. I right before we hit record, you know, we are having this really great conversation on entrepreneurship, both brick and mortar and online, and just being or the value that risk has and the role that risk has in being able to pivot in all of these in all of these ventures. So before we dive into that, I learned our instructor for our certification course, drop this like golden nugget (laughs) and nobody ever had a chance to ask you about it or explore it. So fun fact, you were formerly a New York City rocket. Yes. (laughs) That's so amazing. Tell me more. Well, it's funny. My friends always say I'm like an onion. You know, when you continue to peel me back, it's not like the first thing I come out and say to somebody that I was a professional dancer. But as you continue to talk to me a little bit more, and sometimes I'll talk about traveling or I used to do this and that, and they're like, wait a minute, what? (laughs) You used to do. So, yes, I started my career in life as an adult. I was 18 years old and started as a professional dancer. I've traveled the world. I've worked on a cruise ship. Um, I was a Radio City Rockette for many years. I worked in Las Vegas and a lot of shows. I've been in a lot of shows all over the world and did that for, I retired dancing when I was 27. So long time ago now, almost 20 years ago, which is crazy. I'm 46. Uh, but yeah, I, I did it for a long time, loved it. And um, it's a very intense industry. I think it taught me a lot about resilience and discipline and obviously rejection because as a dancer, you're getting rejected a lot. Thankfully, I was at a high level and got a lot of the jobs that I wanted, but I still was rejected and, and that's carried me through in a lot of different industries and jobs that I've had. Interesting. That is, that's phenomenal. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was actually, as I was doing a little bit of research, I watched, I think this past year, the past couple of years, there was a full on like series. I don't know if it was strictly YouTube series, but they did like a little television series on the audition process. And it's insane. Yeah. It is insane. It's very, very insane. The day that I, Audition for the Rockettes. There was a line all the way out the building. I, there were probably six, six or eight hundred. I used to know the exact numbers because they kind of tell you that. And obviously, throughout the years, I just kind of forgot. But they ended up only hiring like twelve people that day. So you just keep getting whittled down and whittled down and whittled down. 
it's exhausting. You're there, you know, for a couple of days, but I just remember walking up going, holy crap, there's people lined up around the building. So yeah, it's, it is very intense. And, you know, you have to be, another thing I learned is you have to be a 1000% team player. You know, as a dancer, you're kind of this individual dancer and you have different moves and grooves and you hear music differently. But when you're in that, you know, line as a rocket, you have to all pick the same, think the same, hear the music the same. So you really have to learn how to tune into your, you know, your partner. Wow. That is, I'm getting goosebumps as you're saying that because you know, I think a lot of that is lost and a lot of that is, you know, not really taught as well throughout the years and into the generations, right? We see this me, 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 and and really this influencer culture and mentality. It's yes, yes, you're the spotlight. It's all about you. And yes, having that healthy ego. And self-confidence is important, but also really having that bond with your team. That's not something, well, I mean, it was something that you had to learn, but it's not always something that can be taught. I mean, you had a spread of careers and options. I mean, just even everything that you just listed off, that's such an insane smorgasbord of (laughs) careers, you know, how did you start to decide I'm going to do this or, you know, and now I'm going to do this? Yeah. I've always been driven by my gut and just really what's lit me up. And you and I were talking before, I think we, we said this before we hit record, but that's also been a learning lesson for me because I've been quick to pull the trigger on things that I shouldn't have. Or I have been so passionate about something that I've stayed in something longer than I should have too. So now that I've kind of gotten into my 40s, I really feel like I'm finally at a sweet spot, which is so crazy that I've done all these things to lead up to here. But now I feel like I get business for the first time. And I've done all these different business things, but but I feel like I understand it in a way now that I can... I can kind of hold off on some things and say, no, I'm not ready for this or no, I need to do this first. Or, and that takes a lot of experience. Some people get it way earlier than what I did. I feel like I was a much, I was a late bloomer when it comes to that, but that is something that that is a learned thing. And I I really truly do wish I would have learned it earlier because it would would have saved me some time, uh, money. (laughs) I've lost a lot of money and I've, I've gained a lot of money too. So it would have helped me, I think, see through things versus just being reactionary and pulling the trigger when, like I said, maybe I shouldn't have. But I have been fortunate in a lot of different areas and I really have just used my gut. And I just, I'm one of those people that I'm a risk taker, but I'm also the most resilient person you'll ever meet. So if it doesn't work, I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go on and do the next thing. And that served me well too in a lot of areas. But yeah, I just, I just go all in. If I'm, if something excites me, I'm like, let's do it. I love that. I have a couple of questions. One of them to your gut, right? You have that gut instinct. You move forward with what lights you up. Can you tell us a little bit about what that feels like? What does your gut instinct feel like? Is it like literally a physical sensation or is it also like a narrative or a vibration in your, in your body? What does that look like to you? 
So it's funny, it's it's changed throughout the years, but I can now pinpoint where I got off track. But it used to be my gut would be a very physical reaction. It would keep me up all night long. So if somebody came to me or an idea came to me and said, hey, Jen, let's do this, or an idea popped in my mind, if I was up thinking about it all night long and I was just excited, couldn't sleep, I was up at 5 a.m. on the computer doing research or whatever it is, I would just go all in. What I've realized now over time is it needs to be a sustainable gut feeling in order for me now to pull the trigger. So I pulled the trigger on a lot of things very early on because I felt I could really see the future. I could be like, no, not only do I feel it in my gut, but I know where I'm going to be a year with this company or this idea or two years or three years. Like I can see the whole thing played out in front of me, but Again, I would just jump in without putting those little pieces that really, truly needed to be put together. And now I can actually do that. I can take a step back and go, okay, let's see if this has some legs and let's see if, you know, my gut feeling is still there a week or two weeks later. Let me sit with it for a little while versus just being trigger happy. And that is really serving me really well these days. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's, I like that. Let's see if this has some legs. That makes me think of something that, I can't remember who said this to me, but you know, they're like, oh, if you're shopping somewhere and you see something that you like, you know, wait a little bit, wait a week. If you're still thinking about it, if you still want it, then go back and get it. Half the time you go back and it's gone. So, <laughs> which and that, yeah. that also, well, and then, and then it goes down kind of to the narrative of like, oh, one, was it meant to be? Or two, like, okay, that feeds into that impulsivity factor of like, oh, that scarcity and impulsivity factor, which I think a lot of people have today, but I don't want to go down that road. My second question for you was, you spoke about this resiliency that you have. Do you think that that's something that, or is that something that came from, you know, your childhood, past experiences, or or just was that also an innate knowing that, okay, I'm going to be okay on to the next thing? Definitely came from my childhood. My dad was, it is, or well, now he's retired, but he's a pilot. And so I grew up in as a military brat, kind of going around to different places. And I was in eight schools throughout my life. And so I think that taught me how to just pick up and, you know, move somewhere else and learn how to easily meet friends and people and just kind of navigate my way through new schools. So that muscle memory definitely was learned at an early age. And then, yeah, I think it just, it followed that through with my dancing career and being resilient when I didn't get certain auditions and just having to bounce back. I mean, what are you going to do? You need to, you know, eat and make money. And so I had to just go to the next audition and you just kind of have to pick yourself back up and keep going. And I don't have a scarcity around money. And I think that's a really important part to being an entrepreneur, life in general. My money mindset is very strong. So I know I'm going to be fine. I know it's going to be there. And so it's not really a part of my thinking sometimes when it comes to doing what I want or love or want, you know, a passion project or things like that. I don't, that's the secondary portion for me. I mean, I want to be successful, but it's secondary for me. Lucky. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I think that's incredible, you know, especially having, you know, having a healthy money mindset cuz, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't and I didn't just a little bit of background. I mean, my mom was a single mom and 
I was kind of raised to a point of, you know, I just stopped asking for things because it was always going to be no. Cut to today, though, as parents, we, we want to give our kids what we didn't have. So now I'm trying to find that balance of like saying yes, but making sure they're not spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> but then also it's just that dance, the nuance of that. But yep. I think that's I think that's so incredible. My next question for you is how has your definition of success changed throughout the years? Oh, a ton. And I've been having this conversation a lot lately with my real estate business partners because I'm going to keep this specific to real estate right now. But when I first started out in the industry, how long have you been in the real estate business? I've been in the industry for about six years, actively selling for about three, almost four. Yeah. So I think, you know, the the thing that changes when you're in this business, and so for me, it, it's been 20 years, I used to be all about, and I think this is just how the industry has changed itself, but how many transactions do you do? What, what number am I in my market? And that's really what always drove me. And I think in our industry, that's the first question that people say, how many transactions do you, did you, did you do last year? What's your GCI? What's your volume? Blah, blah, blah. And when you start getting comfortable in your own skin, and I started for me, I started creating multiple streams of income. So real estate investing, coaching, you know, all these little things, passion projects that I was doing, and those started to create some uh, financial stability for me. I stopped caring what everyone thought, and it wasn't about the transaction number. And then I started really thinking, gosh, not only has my definition of success changed, But this is an industry problem too, because not everyone wants to do a hundred deals a year, miss all their family, you know, activities, miss out on their life, be stressed and, you know, be on their phone 24 seven. Not everyone wants that life. And what do we say as realtors? If you're not really that successful realtor that has a team or, you know, doing a high volume, then you must not be successful. And that's just not the case. And how success for me has changed is I want to be like way under the radar. I want to, I don't care if my name ever pops up. Last year, I barely did a deal. And the year before that, I did 17 million in sales. And so it's not, you know, I could go from, and I've done 40 million in sales with my business partner. So I've been on the high, high scale of it. And then I've been on the nothing. But guess what? My investments paid for my life last year. And so I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to do and enjoy some other things. And so I've created these legs for myself and these pillars in my business that isn't all about how many deals I close each year. So success for me is happiness, being with my family and being able to travel and be location free. And eventually I'm not there yet, but eventually being completely financially independent and free. I feel like doing a slow clap for you. Um, Mic drop. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You hit it right on the head that you need to be very mindful of your metrics, the metrics of which you measure your success. Yes, absolutely. I've been on the team. I've been on that team. Hey, you know, we are doing X amount of deals. Uh, You're going to be making this much you know, you're getting, you should be closing these leads and this amount of leads and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I left that team last year. <laughs> yeah. 
but of you course want to build differently, you know? Yes, yeah. Exactly. And we can do that. I mean, that's what's so amazing about this industry. There are so many different ways that you can slice and dice real estate. There are so many different ways that you can build out, you know, this career for you. It is not linear. It does not have to be one way. And most people just get caught up in that because again, that's what we're seeing and that's what kind of the industry standard is. But it really, I mean, now me coaching investors, there's real estate agents that only do three deals a year that I work with, but they own 10 doors, you know, so they don't really care. You know, they just want to do deals for their own family or friends, but they've learned the skill of investing and let me tell you, that is going to build way more generational wealth than doing a transaction ever will. And that's where our industry is flipped because as a real estate agent, you know, in that high volume uh, person, I know because I've been there. I mean, I'm saying this actually from experience. I've made a lot of money and I've spent a lot of money. And I was one of those realtors that didn't pay my taxes until the next year. And then I had to work, you know, the first quarter to pay for what I was going to pay the the year prior. I mean, that is how most real estate agents are. And so it didn't matter how many deals I was doing. It didn't matter that I did $50 million deals. It didn't matter because I still was spending way more than I should and living this high lifestyle that my money just went for what? And so now what kills me now is to look back at how much money I made and know that I did not invest it or I did not buy an apartment complex for what I was, you know, and I look back now and I'm like, oh, I hate the old Jennifer. And I've had to really, you know, work on like working through those, you know, mindset shifts because I'm really frustrated at her. Like I'm just mad, you know, that she spent all this money. I want all that money now to invest. Oh, give it back. <laughs> I give it back. So, so this was all driven from a divorce. I went through a major life divorce quite a few years ago. And I was married for almost 17 years. And so I was just with the wrong person who really kind of kept me small. And when I finally went through and shed everything and, you know, broke the chains, if you will, and I got a divorce, I wanted to completely change my life. I didn't care about the ocean view house anymore. I didn't care about everything that we had material wise, because I did not want that lifestyle. I didn't care about the country club. I that was not me and it was it didn't serve you. It didn't serve me. It's not I don't care actually about money or any of that. That's just not who I am. And so when I left, I completely downsized. I shut everything. I didn't care. And a quick story is I sorry, I downsized into a townhome, ended up meeting the love of my life probably 4 or 5 months after my divorce online. And now I'm getting remarried in three years or in three months. So it can, it can all happen. And that's been in the last, we've been together for three years and we'll be married in three months. But so life on the other side is amazing, but we, we share the same values and we speak the same language when we talk about our future. And that is that our investments will pay for our lifestyle first and then our primary residence second. And so that's what our plan is. So it's been working, you know, our investments now pay for our fixed expenses. We downsize, we rent. I'm okay with all of that, you know, but I walked out of my townhome probably about three or four months ago and ran into one of uh, top agents that I've, I've known for a long time. And she kind of looked at me like, Jen, you live here. I live in a very nice townhome, you know, complex, by the way. 
but she's like, you, you live here. And I'm like, yeah, I live mm-hmm. here. And it's like the shock on her face. I, it, for a second, it took me aback. So I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like almost embarrassed for a second because right. she's known me as, you know, this other house with an ocean view and she just couldn't believe that this is my lifestyle, but I guarantee she's living way above her means. And I have investment properties that again, fund my lifestyle that she may or may not. I, I don't know, but I don't think so of what I know about her. So that's where our industry is just really screwed up. Like that is, that should not be how we view, you know, our financial future in our lives. And it's, I want to change that. I want to, you know, I'm on a mission to help realtors create multiple streams of income so that they can be freed up to really figure out how they want to build their life. I 100% agree with you. And I don't know if this is the same way for you, but obviously I, I am not as experienced, but moving to the brokerage that we are currently at really opened my eyes to everything that you just said, to this different lifestyle of different lifestyle of a real estate agent and the different way to do business as a real estate agent, because I have been with the <laughs> realty <laughs> companies in which it was that yeah. top producer, go, go, go. How many transactions, how, you know, top 1% of the state of the nation and you get the little awards and whatnot. And how bad did you feel about yourself when you didn't get them? I felt like crap, you know, that I, you know, I didn't even want to go into the office sometimes if I didn't get one that year, you know, or be, or network, you know, around other realtors. Cause I'd be like, well, I don't, I'm not like them. It's not a great place to, you know, to be, and it's not a fun thing to feel. That's for sure. Absolutely. Agreed. I think you talked about this a, a little bit. You touched upon it, but what's been lighting you up lately? Yeah. Helping others. I I really see the need, like I said, in this industry to start changing the conversation, to build this business differently, to really understand, you know, how we can all structure it to where we fit. You know, if you want to do the 50 transactions, great. I can help you get there too. But if you don't, you know, and you want to learn about investing or, how to build it in a very sustainable way. Like I said, now I'm learning about taxes. You know, that's what lights me up these days. It's so rewarding for me when I work with agents and they see it and they're like, oh yeah, I can totally be under the radar. And like I said, only do three to five transactions, but have this big portfolio that I'm building that's providing for their families, for their future and being able to be passed on to their kids. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. So I'm excited. I think that's something that is important to to touch upon, especially because a lot of the listeners are brand new real estate agents. They're hungry and they're excited. But at the same time, one of the things that I do tell them is that, hey, when you are working and operating from a place of, I need this transaction, I need this commission, I need to pay my bills, then it's not a great foundation for your business. And at the same time, it's arguable that you are not operating in you know, your fiduciary duty. It really is difficult to make the choices that you need to make in order to create that lifestyle where, hey, I'm going to do 
what I need to do so that my basic necessities are taken care of. And then I get to do business in these other ways. I get to do this. And then that's where it's a little easier to say, uh, no, thank you. I don't want to pursue that opportunity or that lights me up. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think too, even if, like you said, as a new agent, I was a hustler back then too. So yes, I'm where I am now because I was a hustler and, you know, built up a clientele that I can kind of choose to turn on and off. And I don't mean it as flipped like that, as flippant like that, but you know, I can dive back in if I want to, but I have systems set up to where they're always running and they're getting their touch points and their quarterly gifts and all that. So all my systems run And then I either decide to pass them off to a realtor that I'm close to and refer the business, or I choose to jump back in. So that's kind of like the fluidity that I've created for myself. But if you're in that hustle period, I think the only thing to think about now is that it's awesome that you want to do a lot of transactions, but there's another way to use that money that will go further than just looking for the next transaction again. So that's where I, like I said, looking back, if I was in that hustle period, if I could do it all over, I would talk to the Jennifer, you know, that just got her license and go, this is awesome. You know, you went from 11 deals one year to, you know, 40 years, 40 deals the next year will use all of that extra money and start your investing journey. And I would be much, much further along now than what I was back then. But we get excited. There's a lot of money in this business. And you're like, whoo, I could do this and I could do that. But what if you just delay that primary residence for a little bit, or you don't need the larger house because you can, you know, it's learning that control and that constraint to be better for your future. Oh my goodness. I just had so many ideas as you were talking. That's, <laughs> and I'm trying to to definitely be present and whatnot, but you have so much wisdom and I'd really like to have you on the podcast to talk to talking to like the newer agents, the fresher agents, right? Okay, when you start to get these deals going, this is what you need to do. This is what you can do to yeah. set yourself up. Because yeah. yeah. And also being able to execute on those investment strategies for themselves and put themselves in those types of transactions is going to, you know, put them leaps and bounds over just going from one first time home buyer to another, one first time home buyer to another. Well, another thing it does too, which this is a point that most people forget about is having investments prop investment properties is your largest tax break that you can ever have. So because we make a lot of money, there's two things that I will say just tactical items that as a new realtor you should do. You should have a business entity. 1000%. You cannot be in this business without being having an LLC or eventually maybe an S Corp, but you don't need a C C Corp or things like that. But, but you should have a business entity because that's where we need to, you know, create those write offs and have that depreciation. But then the second tax benefit is investments. And so that's, you know, you're making all this money. You've got to figure out ways to shield it and not give it all to, you know, Uncle Sam. It's like, why work so hard and give 50% of your income away? You know, so, I mean, one thing we don't realize about too is you can actually pay your, or you put your children 
on your payroll and you can pay them a thousand dollars a month and it completely is tax free. So, you know, things like that. There's a lot of strategies that I'm even just learning about too. But as my wealth builds, it's something you have to pay attention to. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a world out there that we haven't been privy to and is so important for real estate agents and just professionals to know about. So we could do a deep dive into that. But again, because this is a mindset podcast, and I know that a lot of my listeners have trouble with or is challenged by imposter syndrome and fear. And for you, since you've had the luxury to pivot or just been able to and have pivoted so much, what's been your experience with imposter syndrome or fear? And how do you get out of it or how do you deal with it? It's been huge. It's been like this thing on my back, I think in every stage of my journey. And it hit me last year, even really hard because I did an online course and I had to like put myself out there and shoot the videos and get into uh, social media and all that. And that was like, it's crazy how just that, you know, can make you fearful. I'm like, God, I've done all this stuff and I'm really worried about getting, you know, getting on camera or, you know, creating this course and putting myself out there because it was my knowledge. And I was just fearful that, you know, somebody wasn't going to be able to be successful or, you know, I'm so invested in what I do. I'm such a perfectionist that whatever I put out, I want it to be really great. So that was huge. And I had to really work towards that or through that. But one thing I started, I'll I'll tell you about my new uh, passion project, because I think this is exactly what we're talking about right now. My business partner and I at EXP realized that confidence is the biggest hangup for realtors. And it's in a lot of different areas, you know, confidence in negotiations, confidence in how to build, confidence in your systems, confidence in dealing with clients, whatever it may be. It all boils down to the word confidence. And if you're confident or you're not confident. So we created um, a free Facebook group called The Confident Agent. And my business partner, Stacy, she's she's just amazing in general, but she grew a team back in the day and it was evaluated for seven figures and she exited. So it's very rare to find somebody that's grown a team. She went from zero to 300 you know, deals a year and created all the systems and exited her team with a seven figure evaluation. So she's done a lot. So that's anyway, she's amazing on her own, right? But you'll have to have her on sometime. But so we created this Facebook group called the confident agent. And we truly believe if you're not a confident agent, you're a confused agent. And we can't move forward in being in that state. So we talk about four things. We talk about mindset and motivation, which is the first pillar of being a confident agent. We talk about uh, systems and strategies, which is the second area of being a confident agent. The third is execution and accountability. And then the fourth is creating those multiple streams of income. So we talk about all of that in the confident agent. So yeah, so we created, you know, this platform to be able to just pour back, you know, to the agents and really get them to understand that being a confident agent is key. So that's kind of our passion project. We're just doing that. So that's amazing. Find me um, on the confident agent Facebook group. Yeah. So I would absolutely love to get the link to that. And I would absolutely love to shoot that out to one, the listeners too. It's a free Facebook group. You don't have to. Okay. No, free Facebook group for, for realtors. Eventually we may do masterminds, you know, around that and things like that, but we're just pouring our, 
yeah, our knowledge and our love for, you know, this business into it and just really want some good people in the group and we want to get back. I love that. And I love how you broke it down to, if you're not a confident agent then you're a confused agent, the confused, you have answers to that. Okay. If you're confused, then do you need more information? Do you need to dive into the information? Do you just need to like, if it's, you know, like a tangled necklace, you just got to like pick and pull apart and do what you need to do. It's so simple and so palatable and so important for newer agents. So thank you so much to you and Stacy for doing that. And I'd really like to get the link. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes and have that available, available to people. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> this is a really interesting question. Is What is your meaning of living a bold life? That one's changed too, which is funny, but my, my definition of that is how to take action. It used to kind of just be happiness and, you know, doing my passion projects, but really kind of, for me, the word bold means you're taking action towards things that light you up. And then you're also breaking through those areas that we're just talking about in fear, because if you, if anything is fearful, that means that it's something that's holding you back. That's really all it means. So if you pay attention to all those little things that you're fearful of, and you just really concentrate them, it, concentrate on them and break through to me, that is living a bold life that you're just choosing to just like go balls out and, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, like you're, you're running across the finish line, you know, all the time. And you're just like, you're just exuberant and you're obsessed with happiness and, you know, you just want to take action and break through that fear. That to me is living a bold life. I love that so much. It's that distinction of taking action because so I operate from the idea of and framework of change happens when awareness meets reflection and acceptance meets action. And transformation happens when you do it over and over and over again. So, I mean, we were talking about, you know, what lights you up? What does it look like when it when you get lit up, right? And then when people, other, other agents and other entrepreneurs, when they want to really get in tune with that, hey, what lights me up? There's that idea of what do I do with it? What next? The next step. And a lot of times, I think what I've realized too, is you're not going to always know the next step. You know, I've put like systems in place and parameters to try to get me to the next step. But my biggest weakness in my life, without a doubt, has been consistency. I've I've veered off of things because again, I was always like squirrel, like we always say with real estate agents, squirrel, what's the new thing over here? What's the new thing over there? And so I've had a, a really hard time, like honing myself in and just getting myself to, you know, move forward and stay consistent. But once you kind of put those parameters and you give yourself some grace and then you realize how you work best, that's really what it is, is figuring out how you work best. Once you realize that, then you can just kind of, you know, you can navigate those waters a little bit and just keep pushing, you know, forward to be consistent and continue to move forward. Yeah, I, I, I like that you thought there, but no, no, that's great. I like that you added the grace that's needed because it's so necessary. There's a level of grace. And it's really interesting because this this word came to me within the past couple of days, but this idea of faith. And it doesn't necessarily need to, 
mean, you know, faith in God, a higher power. Sometimes it's just having faith that everything will work out yeah. or having faith that, hey, I, I can figure it. I'm going to be okay if I figure it out. Um, I think the biggest thing I've just learned just recently is faith in myself. You know, if we don't have faith in yourself and confidence in yourself, going back to that confident agent, if you don't have faith in yourself, then who the heck is, you know, (laughs) is going to help you? Because at the end of the day, we're on our own journey. Like I love my life now with my new family. I've got two stepkids, you know, soon to be stepkids and, and like I said, love my life, but I still have to pick myself up and move myself forward, you know, each day. And and I have to have faith that I'm going to go through and execute what I say I'm going to do and treat my word. And so a faith in yourself is a big one that I've had to learn and really make sure that that's there. Yeah. And that happens when, I mean, confidence. So yeah, yeah it's all, it's all connected. It's mindset and um, it's experiences. One last thing. What's next for you? What are you excited about and looking forward to? I'm excited for my wedding. And I'm also um, taking a three-week Italian honeymoon. So I'm very, very excited about that in June. But I'm really excited that I think, and, and I don't want to say, like, I don't mean it in an egotistical way, but I feel like this is my year. You know, like everything that I've been putting into place for the last few years, because building anything takes time. So, you know, I've also had to give myself grace in that with the coaching and the courses and the helping. It all takes time to put yourself out there, but I really feel like it's like finally like all come together. And I'm excited to see where this new journey and this conversation of building differently in real estate and helping people with the confident agent, I how to be a confident agent. I'm excited to see where that all leads. So I love new things and I love, I love the start of it. So yeah, I think this is going to be a great year. Oh my goodness. Well, congratulations to you on your upcoming wedding. How exciting to to find love and to have this new beginning and everything that you're building. It's amazing and so fantastic. Uh, just to put a, a bow on this and wrap this up, where can our listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram the most at Jennifer Jordan Holmes. That's plural. And then you can, uh, we'll put the link for the Confident Agent Facebook group, but join that if you're an agent. I think that will be really helpful for a a lot of people. But yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm on Facebook too, but most of what I do is on Instagram at Jennifer Jordan Holmes. Very nice. Well, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for this incredible conversation and just dropping all kinds of knowledge bombs on us. I cannot wait to have you on the podcast again. Thank you so much. I adore you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If this episode served you, please do me a small favor and head to your favorite podcast platform to rate and review the show. Your small act will play an exponential role in getting these powerful conversations out into the world. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at at Pumehana Palmer and DM me with your insight and takeaways. See you next time. Aloha.